Welcome. You're listening to Living Faith Podcast. Starry sky and see your hand in time and mind to lead me through the night. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Amen. Such a beautiful presence of the Lord in the place. It feels like an open door in the spirit. And God is inviting us into a special place. And we have the opportunity to move forward there. Amen. I want to say what an honor it has been to be with you these three services. And have had the opportunity to be in the presence of the Lord and to be in the Word with you. And I think today is also one of them special days. And so I'm thankful. I want to give high honor to your pastor and to my friend, Brother Travis Miller. I see refinement through the years, and sometimes the furnace does that. But I see such a Nathaniel spirit, a man with no guile and pure in heart. And that's the kind of people I want to be friends with. And of course, the beautiful Rebecca, the First Lady, we, we love them very much and so thankful for them. You know, when we see them, their kids feel like our kids. We just, we love them and their family very much. And I just want you to know that Lois and I would fight with you and we would fight for you. We, we're your friends. And we love and believe in this church. And thankful for God bringing us with this word today. Luke chapter 23 I'd like to begin reading at verse 32. I won't take the time today, but so many uh, tremendous opportunities on the table in the back. My wife has brought several books which she has written, some for both men and women, some for women journals, Bible studies. Please avail yourself of that. It would be a tremendous blessing to her and to us and also to you to get this information and this valuable resources in your life. Reading from Luke chapter 23, verse 32. And there were also two other male factors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the male factors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them derided him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, <clears throat> if he be Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar, and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription also was written over him, the letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. And one of the male factors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, does not thou fear God, seeing that we're in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, 
for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. I'm looking at the prayer that the thief or the malefactor that was being crucified on either side of Christ, the prayer this one prayed, and I'm preaching, remember me. Remember me. God bless you. You may be seated. There's a holiness in the place today. I imagine that she came into the church different this day. She didn't walk in with the latest fashion and expensive clothing and go to one another flitting like the butterfly and speaking of things that were happening the day, but no, she maybe even crawled down the aisle of the church, sobbing, weeping, making her way to the altar. And when finally she found the altar, she's throwing herself upon it. And there, all the things that come from your face as you're pouring yourself out, there on the altar beneath her. And she's praying the words that she's speaking are not even understood. The Bible lets us know that the priest who was half backslid, if you can be half backslid, came over to where she was and rebuked her. He actually slapped her and said, Why are you drunk in the house of God? Shame on you for this display. With tears running down her face, somehow she's able to speak to him and understanding as she says, I'm not drunk. But what you're seeing is such a demonstration of the hunger and desire I have for a child. And I'm so desperate for a child. And Hannah began to pray a prayer of remember me, oh God. She said, remember how others have been favored. How others have been blessed with children, but I have been barren. Remember how I've been faithful to my husband, even though I've not been able to bring him a son. Remember how I've been faithful to the synagogue, faithful to my church, faithful to my God, faithful in relationship. And as she began to pray a prayer of remember me, she said, if you'll remember me in my life and grant me a child, I'll give him back to you. God hears the cry of a woman called Hannah. And she, even though medically, even though history had said she could not, now she has a child and it becomes a prophet to the land and to the nation, Samuel given back to the house of God. I'm, I'm telling you that there's something powerful about a prayer of remember me. When you can reach out to God and say remember the faithfulness of my life. Remember how I've gone through these things for the sake of your purpose. Remember what I have suffered. It's a powerful thing to pray remember me. 
And God hears that prayer and he answers these prayers. The prophet has come into the king's chamber and with his finger in the face of Hezekiah, he has said, get your house in order. You're going to die and you're not going to live. Your time is over here on earth. And the prophet walks out having delivered the prophetic word from God. But Hezekiah turns his face to the wall and prays the same prayer that I'm talking about this morning. A prayer of remember me, oh my God. And Hezekiah began to say, remember what I've done for the kingdom of God. Remember how I removed the high places of idolatry. I break down the images that were worshiping false God. Cut down the groves, their place of worship. Broken pieces, the brazen serpent they were worshiping. I've trusted in the Lord God of Israel. I have kept your commandments. I rebelled against the king of Assyria and served him not as you commanded. I smote the Philistines, the enemy of God's people. God, I want you to remember what I've done for the kingdom. And because I've done this, will you remember me and grant me life? God hears the prayer of remember me and remember the powerful sacrifices, how he stood up for the things of God. And because of what he had done and the sacrifices he had made and how he had done things for the kingdom of God, a prayer of remember me is heard. And God gives him 15 more years. Moses prays this prayer in a slightly different way. Because he has been on the mountaintop and there the Ten Commandments has been given to him along with the judicial, the ceremonial law of God. And God is speaking to him that while I am with you face to face, Israel, my people, has moved into debauchery and immorality and they're in the valley worshiping gods made with their own hands. Down from the mountain Moses goes. And when he sees what he's already been told, he will see the pain, the anger, the hurt, is so much that somehow tables of stone slip or thrown somehow loosed from his grip, shattered upon the ground. And now Moses traverses the mountain one more time. Looks like a great time for God to say, I told you so, Moses. But Moses begins to pray this prayer of remember me. That's a prayer of intercession. And he said, remember, oh God, not what this backslidden people are doing, but remember the covenants that you made with their fathers and their grandfathers. Remember the faithfulness of their parents. Remember how they walked with you and talked with you. And for the sake of a parent, for the sake of a grandfather that was faithful, would you show mercy and grace to them one more time? God, even even hears this kind of prayer of remember, oh God, I'm convinced I'm here today. Because in backslidden years of my life, a mama knew how to pray. And what I didn't deserve grace, mama was praying for grace. And because of her faithfulness, and because of a church praying for me,
And because of a youth pastor and a pastor that called my name out before God, because of their faithfulness, God heard their prayer and allowed mercy and grace to come to my life again. It's a powerful prayer that Hannah prays, that if you've got faithfulness in your life, you can pray, remember my life and ask for something out of desperation. It's a powerful prayer that Hezekiah prays that if you have sacrificed or done things for the kingdom of God or built a church or done something, you can point and declare, God, I've done this. Will you remember and grant me this wish or this pleasure of my life? It's a powerful prayer to point to moms and dads and past generations and say, oh God, remember their life and grant to the children mercy, grace, goodness again. All of these prayers of remember me and they are littered throughout the word of God. But this one that we read in the text, seemingly different than all of them. It's the time of the crucifixion. Jesus has been beaten. His beard plucked. Crown of thorns upon his head. Even into the scalp. Migraine headache. Spit in the face and vile spit dripping from his chin, his nose, his face. So beaten the prophecy said his visage was marred more than any man's. And that... And down the Via Dolorosa, through that way of suffering, there to go to crucifixion. And if the physical pain is not enough, the rejection of a God that wrapped himself in flesh to give his life to redeem mankind, the rejection. And they are mocking him. Priests are mocking him, the religious leaders. The rulers, the soldiers, all mocking him. And even the thieves that are being crucified with him on that hill of Golgotha are mocking him. Both Matthew and Mark declared thieves, plural, were mocking him. But while this is going on, one of the thieves has a a change of heart. Can I say this? Beth dead, Beth dead, deathbed repentance, rather, is very rare. Even if individuals have the opportunity and somehow are dying slowly so that they have the opportunity to think and to reflect and to repent, Deathbed repentance is rare. Most individuals, and I've experienced it time after time, with the opportunity to repent, that have lived a life for themselves, and now as they die, they've got an opportunity. Most declare this, I can't do it. How could I live for the devil and myself all this time and then expect as my last breaths are happening that God's going to forgive me and love me and bring me in? He might be willing to do it, but I cannot repent. Deathbed repentance is rare, but this is what we are seeing here. A man that has lived a life of debauchery. He has all been about cruelty. And now he has a change of heart. 
He turns to the thief that is railing and deriding Jesus and is saying, we're not doing good. This is not proper. Because me and you, buddy, we're getting what society determined we deserve. The death penalty because we raped, we plundered, we murdered. This is what we deserve. But this man hanging between us has done nothing wrong. Why are we railing on him? Why are we deriding and somehow expecting that he is going to deliver himself and us? And then he turns to Jesus and prays that prayer that we have heard many times now in the past few minutes. Remember me, O Lord, when you come into your kingdom. But what in the world does this man want Jesus to remember about his life? Surely he doesn't want him to remember how he took screaming innocent victims and cruelty and evil took their life and took their innocence, stole things from them. Surely, surely he doesn't want God to remember his life and to see what he lived and remember that. Surely that's not what he's saying. Why is he praying, remember me? Why is he declaring like these others did with faithfulness in their life and faithful parents and faithful things? Why is he praying that same, remember me? Forgive me the pun, but I believe he's saying this, that I have nothing to give. I'll not go to one church service. I'll not put one penny in. This is my last breath. I'll not put one penny in the offering. I will not give worship one time. I will not join and bring any benefit to the kingdom of God whatsoever. My entire life has been a wreck. It's been a mess. It's been an absolute failure. But if you would take in the last few breaths of my life, all of my members that I live with destruction, and take and remember me. Do something in my life with these last few breaths that make me a different man when I die than the man I was that I lived. Would you take the members that I have and remember me? I don't know that there was some faithful mama in his past. I don't know that you could point to anything of faithfulness even in his childhood. But his prayer of remember me, take me like I am, the brokenness, all the pain, all the suffering that I've caused, and make me a new man, a new member, put me back together differently and let me die a different man than what I lived and this powerful prayer of remember me to a man that will offer nothing for the kingdom of God no faithfulness will ever be in his life no sacrifice nothing that he will do for the kingdom this is it but still a prayer of remember me is so effective that Jesus speaks to him who was just railing and deriding, who's had a life of debauchery and pain and hurt. And he says, this day shalt thou be with me in paradise. There was three years of my life when 
I prayed the opposite of this prayer because I had walked away from the beautiful heritage that I had being raised in an apostolic environment, church services. And at 18 years of age, I thought I'm going to go involve myself in what I'm missing. Began to live a life of party. Involved myself in things that began to destroy relationships I had. Destroy health. Destroy trust. Destroy so much that I didn't even realize I was wasting inheritance. I remember during them three years that I would, I'd come back to church. And I'd slip in and sit in the back row. I honestly can't tell you why. Because I was not ready. I was not repentant. Maybe I wanted to see my friends that I knew from church. Maybe I just wanted to see if I could feel his presence still. I'm not sure why I would come, but I would sneak in the back and sit on the back row. Power of God in the places. And invariably, the mercy of God would reach to me. The love of God would draw me. And I prayed, but I prayed, God, leave me alone. I'm not ready yet. i got some things I want to work out. I've got some things I want to think through. I've got some stuff I want to experience. And I'm doing this. I'm just not ready. But the love of God is so powerful that it was almost too difficult to sit there. Gripping the pew in front, knuckles becoming white. Tears in my eyes and still resisting. And I prayed, God, just leave me alone. God, just don't deal with me. God, just somehow let me go through this. Don't mess with me right now. Don't deal with me right now. I, I can't tell you maybe a dozen, maybe two dozen or more times I, I found myself in that three-year span that I was away from God praying that prayer. Not now, God. I shamefully tell you places that I visited that no Christian... Sometimes not even a good citizen should visit. Even in them places, I would feel the presence of God. And I would tell the Lord, I, how am I supposed to have fun when you're doing this to me? How am I supposed to? Leave me alone. Just, just don't deal with me right now. I, maybe in the future there will be a time and I prayed. But after I had found some terrible results from the choices I had made, I literally spent some time behind prison bars. I agreed to murder my unborn child. And I find myself a mess and a wreck. And when I had the opportunity, I went back to church. But this time, I didn't want God to pass me by. I wanted him to love me if he would again. I tell you, when I walked through that door, I thought that maybe God would strike me dead. For all the times I refused his love and trampled through his blood to go do whatever I was going to do. 
But he met me with mercy, grace, goodness. Not sure what the preacher preached because I just wanted him to give an altar call. And as soon as he gave an altar call, I was down in the front. God met me, forgave me, restored me, renewed me. And I received again the gift of the Holy Ghost, evidence of speaking in tongues. And my life with him began anew. It changed anew. That day, my prayer was, remember me. It was a prayer of the old hymn that we used to sing. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Sometimes we think it too bold to pray, remember me. We want to be humble as we should and we want to somehow not overstep our bounds. But the scripture lets us see very clearly. That when you become desperate for some things in your life, then Hannah, you need to pray. You need to cash in on the faithfulness of your life. You need to turn your face to a wall, Hezekiah, and say, I've sacrificed and I've done things. And pray out your desperation. He's waiting to hear that kind of prayer of remember me. You need to turn back to a faithfulness of a generation that's gone before and say, Mama was faithful. Would you grant mercy because of dad and pray a prayer of remember and then even when you maybe don't have any of that to point to a prayer of remember me is so powerful if you'll just come to enough faith to say yeah there's a lot of people in the place today and a lot of people deserve so many good things here a lot of people need this and need that. But I'm asking you, I've come to this church service today to ask you, Father, don't just pass me by. At other times I've said, just leave me alone. But today I'm saying, don't pass me by. Remember me. Look upon me. Let something happen in me today. Let this be my moment and my opportunity. Don't pass me by. Would you stand with me? Trusting only in thy merit would I seek thy face. Heal my wounded broken spirit. Save me by thy grace. Savior. Savior. Hear my humble cry, while on others thou art calling. Do not pass me by. If there's a boldness of faith just enough for you to pray a prayer of remember me today, then heaven will hear your prayer. And will grant your petition.
Maybe you're like Hannah and Hezekiah. Maybe you can pray a prayer about the faithfulness of your ancestors or your father or mother. Or maybe you're even like the thief that doesn't have a life to live a faithfulness in your future. Maybe you've wasted the best days of your life. Maybe you can only point to suffering that you've left in your wake. But a prayer of remember me can absolutely turn heaven and turn earth for you today. Remember me. Oh, my God. There's a reach of the Spirit right now for those who will be just bold enough to say, how about me, God? So many people that are faithful and deserve it more probably, but what about me? Would you remember, would you let this day be you looking and remembering me? Put my life back in a different way. Whatever time I have, let me live a different man than what I had before. Let my life be different. Put me back together. Change, move, mold, make. Do not pass me by, Savior. I feel just to give an old-fashioned altar call today. If the Spirit of the Lord is dealing with you right now, and you feel a draw in your spirit to get closer to God and to pray this prayer, the halter's open. If you would simply step out from where you are and walk down to this front area and there close your eyes and just begin to say, Remember me. And the love and the mercy of God will find you here. And your life can forever be changed. while the church is coming, would you have faith and join them in the steps toward an altar? While the faithful are coming, would you also join them to pray this prayer that my life be changed today? Savior, let my life be forever changed today. In Jesus' name. I'm just going to extend an appeal a little bit longer. We'll get out of the microphone. I'm going to put a mask on. I'll pray for anybody in this altar. But you want the Lord to look at you, to touch you, to bless you, to help you. Come right now. This is your opportunity. Would you come? Would you make that step of faith? Would you respond not to the words of a man, but to the draw of the Spirit? Intercessors, lift your voice. If you're in the altar, pray that prayer of remember me and let God do a work for you. That's it, ministry. Help us. Let the power of God touch us.
You've been listening to the Living Faith Everett podcast series. Tune in next week for the next part of this series, or join us online at livingfaithministries.church. Ghost, you give me peace.